It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Good evening. Welcome to Alexandra and Friends 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you every Saturday night between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. by Miller Title Roberto Perez. This evening, we have an amazing show. Sorry we missed you last week due to football schedule, but we are back tonight. Uh, my co-host, Courtney, is here this evening. Good and evening. we're waiting on, of course, Billy. He'll be here in a little bit. <laughs> I love it. to tease him. How are you doing, Courtney? Doing good. Doing good. I wasn't sure if you shared on air the last time um, about what's been going on with me and the passing of my mom. And it's something that we need to get on the calendar for the new year in Absolutely. regards to getting Amy Jenkins back in here with the estate planning and talking about how Medicare and how just... The government knows, you know, within oh. within four or five days, I was already getting letters from the government and they talk to each other and there goes the pension and there goes, there goes everything, everything. Yep. And so it's very interesting. And it's just, um, you know, we had talked before about those death books and it was nice to uh, go, be able to go through that and check off the list of everything that's been prepared for me. So that's something in the well, Courtney, in the new year. We need we've to had a, a strange year. I lost my husband mm-hmm. in March. You lost your mom. Mm-hmm. And this is really where we are coming to. Why don't you tell everybody what you do, who you are, because this is important because you deal with this kind of items. And one of them is insurance. For sure. Home and auto do business as well. Uh, Independent broker for Integrity Personal Insurance out of McKinney. We shop dozens and dozens of carriers. But the main thing right now is with the insane Dallas-Fort Worth market and just the, you know, the winter weather event we had and the hailstorms and, you know, just the fact that to insure homes out here is so expensive for the carriers because they're losing money left and right, you know, they're sneaking in maybe a 2% deductible on your roof. Um, and people don't know that they're potentially out of pocket thousands more than they would have been maybe the year or two prior. So it's just important that you have somebody be able to take a look at your insurance coverage and just make sure we're keeping everybody honest and the coverage looks good and you're not overpaying and or being skimmed out of some coverage. Well, and I think also we need to talk a little bit about death because you just experience it. Mm-hmm. So that what happens What happens when your family or someone mm-hmm. you know passes away? Mm-hmm. What are the problems that well, you have? Well, you know, and it's just something that did come up, and this is this is not even something to laugh about, but it's, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty few, uh, frugal. You have experience. That's a good thing. Well, I, I feel like I'm a frugal person. I like to shop around and get the best deal. I'm going to tell you something. Well, hold on a second. You said frugal, just like our producer, Michael Clark? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Uh, and hopefully he doesn't have to experience any of this. But do you know that in our area, there is a large uh, range of cremation costs? Do we know this? Well, and I'm I'm telling you this because you need to shop around in advance for this. Uh, you can have somebody cremated, have your death certificates, all the permits pulled and things like that for under $1,000. But then there's think. other places the more fancier places, which that's what Courtney went to, didn't didn't realize in the midst of everything. And I didn't have all this nailed down before mom passed uh, over four thousand dollars. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's a big difference for the same dang thing. And so the the only Interesting. thing that, I'm glad for bringing that. Yes. Because- so that's something definitely to have in mind, because, you know, it's midnight. You know, I'm holding my mother's hand as I just watched her die. And they come in, open the curtain. They said, OK, where are we going to take her? Why? Well, I don't know. The first name that pops into my head is the funeral home down the street. And that happened to be the pricier one. But with that being said, it was a great experience. They were extremely professional. Like you feel like you got what you paid for in a sense of um, 
I got to see my mother the next day. She looked great. She looked the best she had ever looked in years. Um, it was peaceful. The room was warm. I felt comforted. Oh. And so I can't say that that wouldn't have been experienced if it was under a thousand dollars, but I'm just, what's well, just a minute. So you yeah. had a show, you had her show. I didn't have no. her showing there. You have to ID the, your loved one. And so I was able to visit with her the next day to confirm that they brought the right body over from the hospital. Um, hmm. But I mean, it's just, it's also funny just how they do things. Uh, you know, she's in, she's in the, refrigerated bin you know but they put they wrap it all up pretty so you can't Mm -hmm. tell and they got all her stuff tucked up and she was just so bruised and battered and swollen and i didn't get to see any of that her face looked so good she was she was cheery they didn't make up her up or anything but she just she looked good but she was she frozen (laughs) well well, you know my husband was cremated Mm -hmm. but uh we had vitas the greatest hospice place uh they they took him in and uh we I never had him shown. I didn't see him afterwards. I saw mm-hmm. him before he left. Mm. But I paid for the whole cremation, everything, $1,100. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. He was well taken care of. I, I, you know, I didn't want anybody to see him. It was just me. Mm-hmm. But I was there when the body was going in. You know, mm. you're in in, in uh, Denton. But that $4,000 uh, is that's a little bit uh, Ooh, heavy. It's a little steep. Yeah. And yeah. then it was funny. I said, so what is the option for the urn? And they're like, well, we have this uh, plastic, oh. whatever it is. And I said, well, how much is that? $25. I said, okay, well, you know, what? what's the next step up? And then they bring out the catalog. And the next thing up was $800 for some wooden thing I could buy off the gift shop somewhere. I have you my know? husband like this in a mm-hmm. little box like this. And yeah. He's, that's, I mean, the thing about it is, they use death to really take money from right. you. And, and you're emotional at that moment. Right. You're thinking about things that are different. You know, mm-hmm. you don't think about it. You don't think about and it. And you don't think about it. And also, if you don't have insurance, you're, it's coming out of your pocket. You know, it's coming out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, so it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, cremation is the least expensive. Mm-hmm. For, for my oh. father-in-law, when he passed away, we paid $10,000. Okay, listen, when they brought out the buffet list of options, there were funerals. I love that. Buffet. It, it was $45,000 to do a burial with the showing and have the service and the processional and all this stuff. I, I mean, don't, what? My mother, my mother is probably so pissed off at me right now for paying what I paid for her because she's be in her death book. She had this thing in there from 2009 and it was a coupon. <laughs> it's a coupon for a $900 cremation. And I was like, well, this was 11, 12 years ago. I'm surely this is not a thing. And so I just moved on. And by that point, you know, they'd already moved the body before I got the book out and went through it. So, but sh- I'm due to pick her up hopefully this week. And um, she wanted her ashes to be spread uh, in Boston on the ocean. So, so you're going to Boston eventually. Yep. Well, you know, one of the most important things for me was I've already taken care of my your all stuff, my, all my stuff, mm-hmm. my cremation, uh, where you pick me up, what to do, and I've already paid for it one thousand one hundred ninety five dollars. And earn no, don't earn, just let it go. Just why stay put in, it in an urn? Just stay keep in, it in the, the thing. And I'm already what's gone. it called? Burnerator, incinerator, incinerator. Yes. <laughs> so I know we're talking about death today, and, but and you it's know not what? a laughing matter. It but it be, is. It, it has needs to be, to be talked up. about, yes. and it's something where uh, I fought for my mother for two months. You know, two months to try and keep that woman alive, and come to find out, you know, there had been some things that had come out on the backside. Uh, her defibrillator was never scanned. The entire two months, they, that that thing was zapping her for the last month. And I kept asking, is the defibrillator been 
been checked. Yeah, everything's fine. They did an EKG. Everything's fine. Try to get the cardiologist out here. Everything looks fine. And and she was so scared because it felt like somebody was punching, punching her and her she would black out. Yeah. So for a month she was subjected to that. And then your mind goes, well, what if what if they had caught that? You know, what if? What if? What if she could have rehabbed and been been fine? But but the you, thing, can, you have to you have to move on move from that. On. But the thing too to remember is that she didn't want to be in the nursing home, no. and she would have been in the nursing home for months and months and months. I don't I don't have the option yeah. to deal with the kids and the work and all that and take care of my mother that was you know a hundred percent relying on somebody. So you know that's what happened to me. I, it was the thought of okay, they lifted they picked my husband up from the mm-hmm. ground. Immediately, they said, we need to do surgery. We'll open up. Right, I, said, I remember Is that. he going to be a, a vegetable for the rest of his life? Oh, we'll send him to a nursing home. They'll mm-hmm. take care of him. No. Mm-hmm. So did your did your mother have the um, directives? directives? I walked around with it for two months Me in my too. purse. And I think for those listening, it's so hard to have this conversation and talk about life insurance and your what's going to happen after you die. But it is such an important piece because unless you've gone through it and dealt with the stress of having to take care of your loved one's affairs and estate and have to handle all of that in the process of trying to grieve, do them a favor and make your wishes known, put it in writing, make sure it's in a book, make sure it's in a safe place, make sure that there's copies. And the other things to think of, it's like what happens when somebody becomes essentially incapacitated Mm -hmm. and not to the point where they're a vegetable, but to the point where they can't, they don't have access to their phone, their logins, their computers, their bank accounts. How are the bills going to get paid? And that was something that, you know, I was really good about. I needed all of her passwords. So I was able to go in and act on her behalf to do all the things and keep her house payment up to date. I mean, all of that stuff we don't necessarily think about because we don't want to, but it even goes beyond everyday life, husband and wives, Mm -hmm. partners, Uh, you're a single parent and you have children like who is going to handle that for you? And are you willing to put your loved one in that position after you pass to have to deal with all of that mess? Because it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, it's a, it's lot. a lot. of it. I'm still dealing with it. But I think one of the things, the important things that I found is that you have to initiate that. Uh-huh. If you don't initiate the process, mm-hmm. then it doesn't get done. Oh, for and sure. I d- I've done it for myself mm-hmm. now. I've got everything in order. And I feel like I carry my directive with mm-hmm. me, and I have a copy in my wallet. That's good. So if I have an accident, they know exactly what to do, where to take me, where to find me. And I found that most people don't, they don't, oh, no. they don't care. You know, it no, doesn't make a difference. All. So when I sell a home, the first thing after closing, I tell them, you've got to start your will and also your directive. Mm-hmm. That is the most important. Most I deal important. with that, and most people think, what, are we going to die now? <laughs> we just I bought know. a house, and that's you know. But it is. This is life. So, yeah. but by the way, I think um, Billy is. Uh, oh, Billy just walked oh, in. Just walked in. Yeah, Hello. Hello. he's got a mustache. What? And a beard. Hey. Nice. It does look yeah. a little different. Is that new to you? Yeah, I haven't seen you in new. three weeks. Oh, I got a haircut. Oh, hi, Billy. My beard looks bigger. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Billy. My microphone's Welcome. off. By the way, I think. Oh. oh, there it is. Oh, I couldn't hear myself at all. Well, I can um, hear y'all. Good to well, welcome. I can hear you really well. Alex. Oh, thank anyway, you. <laughs> sorry, ladies. Go back. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so anyway, I think this is a great uh, yes. subject. We need to bring back our uh, yes, lawyer, as, who was yes, amazing. the estate planner, and she was. You know her her whole deal and this is something too if you have a will that needs to go through probate and that's not free um (laughs) the other thing that i've done for my kids and my family is the revocable trust and that removes things from probate completely and it what's done is done everything is set up nobody's able to fight over it everything's divvied up accordingly everything is laid out 
And the thing that people forget, too, is that depending on maybe your income level or if you have a long-term care policy, if you're unable to care for yourself and you make too much money, the government, right, if you don't have the funds, maybe you liquidate everything, maybe you don't have the funds to pay for it, they start accruing that and they go after anything that can go through probate. So those liens for them to get paid back can attach to your home, can attach to any of your assets. And the revocable trust removes that option from having things go through probate. So it's a lot that I've learned over the last year, but I think it's well worth it. And if you've, I think we need to do a show just on that. I agree. Yes, I agree. And one of the things that is very, very important is if you have any debt from the person that passes away, Mm -hmm. you have ways to eliminate it as long as you're not associated with the debt and that's something to consider as long as you're not joint on those accounts i do uh, you know we didn't we usually do this at the beginning of our show but we need to go ahead and bring in the clark kids to do our pledge of allegiance yes we forgot about that because i think it's because we were waiting on billy so he could hear it yes well you're listening to alexander and friends we're going to listen to the clark kids say the pledge of allegiance and we're back with our guest lisa rigby I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And they are so cute. Have we announced our guest today? Briefly. Nope, but we haven't done a formal introduction. Okay. Well, here we are with Lisa Rigby, the executive director of Woven Health Clinic. And that's based out of uh, Farmer's Branch. And right? Carrollton. There's and a Carrollton. new location. Well, that's right. Well, Lisa, just dive in with whatever you want to say first. Hello. <laughs> well, we want to hello. introduce yourself. How are you? <laughs> hello. Thank you all for having me. Super honored to be here. Very energetic group. Um, very excited to talk about Woven Health, who we serve, the kind of patients we serve, the care we have. And I promise you, our patients get wonderful care. So Woven Health has been around for almost 30 years. And what really excites me, I feel like I have the best job of anyone. I work around these amazing, competent healthcare, caring healthcare professionals. And we get to give healthcare services to people that otherwise would not be able to afford it. And our sweet spot is preventative care and integrated mental health care. So earlier, you all were talking about um, deaths in Mm -hmm. the family, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to think about your physical health and your mental health and bring your hands together. They're linked together. You can't separate it. We all have it. You have it. You have it. You have it. All your listeners have mental health. Mm -hmm. And so many times what we find is that patients come in and they've got headaches. They can't sleep. They've got heart palpitations, um, stomach problems. And guess what? That could be your physical health. It could be your mental health. You know, maybe you had a loved one die, and so for a short time you get depressed. Maybe you're feeling great, so your mental health might be good. It kind of goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. It's never just there. So I'm very excited. Most clinics do not have integrated mental health treatment for depression and anxiety and stress. So those are, I know, not the funnest topics to talk about, but everybody out there needs health care. Oh, yeah. Um, I was watching the videos that you guys had posted on the YouTube channel. Uh, is it Woven Health? Is it just that on YouTube? I can't remember the actual name of it. But there was this lady that was featured on the video that had gone in for high blood pressure. And through the appointment, there was a lot of digging and 
kind of researching what was going on with just, you know, and sometimes we go to the doctor, like I go to the doctor and say, hey, I have a sore throat. Oh, you have strep. Nothing else going on. There's no other questions. Right. And I feel like that's kind of across the board. But it sounds like with your Woven Health Clinic, there was more that was discovered and they found out that she was depressed and they started working with her to come out of that depression and take a very holistic approach to be able to get her to the next step in her life. And I think that that's so important. I wish that more uh, medical providers took that approach to things because you're right. Everything is intertwined, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's great. So talk to us a little bit about the premise behind Woven Health. Is it a woman's only clinic? Is it, can you have insurance? Like, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. So Woven Health, even though it's woven, it's not just women. Although I will tell you, 75% of our patients are women for whatever reason. Men just don't seem to go to the doctor as much unless they're really sick. Not sure why that is. We do or see Or they're men. not really sick because we yeah. know the man cold. Right. We know how this goes. That's right. But, but, you know, here's the thing in America. 95% of all our money goes to treatment after you're sick. When the reality is deaths can be reduced or delayed by 50%. If you take care of lifestyle factors, right, if you change and do preventative medicine, right. So we focus a lot on that. Like our patients are all low income, uninsured people, people who can't afford health care. And let me tell you, when you're poor, you really don't want to get diabetes or depression. Depression is one of the leading causes of disability. Really hard to work, pay your bills, hold a job if you're really sick Mm -hmm. or if you're mentally, if you have depression. So Woven does comprehensive treatment. We treat the whole person. So our doctor does. The particular patient that came in, she did come in, and we screen all our patients for depression, for anxiety. We talk to them about stress levels, about sleep. How are you sleeping? And if we discover that they are and diagnose them for something, we have treatment right there on site. We have on-site behavioral health counseling for our patients. We have a registered dietitian. If you come in and we find out, oh, you're pre-diabetic. Well, odds are within 24 months, you're going to be on insulin. It's expensive right. to have diabetes. Okay. But guess what? You can change that. Now, we how make does that sure work? you can change that. You brought up a good point. So what if you do have somebody that doesn't have insurance? How do they pay for their insulin? How, how does that work? Because isn't that so expensive per month? Yeah. Insulin is hundreds Three, four, five hundred dollars. So, a what month do people do that cases. don't have insurance do about that? Well, a lot of them are skipping their meds and they're stretching it out. They yeah. don't take the amount they're supposed to mm. at I've our heard clinic. About that. Yeah. They are, and some people die. You will die if you're diabetic and you're not taking your medications. You you literally can die, and people do. What we do is we work. So, some of the pharmaceutical companies have set up programs. So, we try to help those patients apply for those programs to get those medications. We partner with other nonprofits. So part of what we do is ensure our patients get the medications they need. But ideally, if you come in and you're pre-diabetic, guess what? You don't have to become diabetic. Right. So oh. we'll work with you on that, right? We'll work and I with think you. it is educating people. We're, I mean, that's not really talked about, right? And I think just the lifestyle that we lead and all the opportunities yeah. that we have for cheap food and fast food and just convenience, I think that we we forget that you know, it's okay to take time to actually prepare groceries and good food and make healthy choices. And make regular doctor visits. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What upsets me about the whole fast food, I feel like our healthcare system is really becoming a big fast food model. Mm-hmm. It's how cheap can we get it? How high volume 
and how fast. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is you lose quality at Woven Health. You're gonna we we don't do fast food medical care. What we do is we build a relationship. We get to know our patients. It's still incredibly low cost. My background, I have an MBA. So I'm looking at the cost. I'm looking at are we efficient? Are we what are our outcomes? And it is shocking to me how very low cost our clinic with all of our resources, physician, registered dietitian, mm-hmm. on-site counseling, all the things, less than $500 per year per patient. That's awesome. Wow, that wow. is an okay. absolute. That's- Not per month, per year. And the outcomes, like depression, we, we measure our outcomes. UT Southwestern is our big partner for mental health. Mm-hmm. They measure us top 5% nationally for getting depression in remission yeah. control. Oh, wow. Allowing wow. people to live a healthy life. Because, you know, mental health still has all the stigma attached to it. For sure. So you guys don't take insurance, right? Right now we don't. Okay. We don't. It's all uninsured patients okay. that we're seeing. All right. So we, how does that work when someone approaches you? Uh, when you come in, um, let's say they don't have any money. They really can't even afford $20 for you to just help diagnose their issue. What so, happens? Right. So if you're in Carrollton, we just opened in June a clinic in Carrollton. It is for Carrollton residents. And if they come in and they don't have insurance and they're in the range of the moderate to low income, then we, we do have some documentation. We want to make sure that, you know, yeah. that uh, people are meeting the requirements. But it's but we work with them. We get that and they get free care, yeah. we get free care in Carrollton. Now, our clinic in Farmers Branch, we charge a small copay. So it's like thirty dollars first visit, then twenty five dollars. If you cannot pay, we waive that, especially during the last year when um, things were shutting down. We waive those fees for our patients. Okay. We also have some nonprofits that will cover that small copay. Okay. So for that $25, you're getting free lab work. You're getting uh, the registered dietitian the, to see the doctor, the nurse practitioner, on-site mental health counseling. So you're getting hundreds of dollars of services. Wow. Um, but you want to have some skin in the game. I, I personally think it's good. It is a best practice. You know, you want to have some responsibility because as a patient, you've got responsibility, mm-hmm. right, to take care of yourself. It's not just the doctors and the nurses and the clinic team. So we try to balance that. But we help our patients. We won't turn anyone away. Awesome. Lisa, I have a question here. Who pays? How do the you and the staff gets paid? Who helps you to with this money coming in? That's a great question. You know, as executive director, I'm the big fundraiser, right? Okay. As a nonprofit, it comes from a lot of sources. Mm-hmm. Basically, I will take money from any place I can get it that's legal. <laughs> but um, most of it's foundations, right? We get a lot of money from foundations. There are some uh, federal or state programs, but those kind of come and go. So you don't want to get too reliant on that. But there are some federal state programs, lots of foundation grants, individual donors, um, major gifts. So that's really community organizations. There are community organizations uh, like the Civic League and certain foundations that really help us. And then we do get, you know, we generate a small amount of our revenue ourselves. How do you do that? Well, the patient fees in uh, Farmer's Branch, right? That small 10 to 15 percent of their total cost that they help cover. So we try to get wow. it from a variety of sources, right? So, so you wouldn't be able to keep the doors open if this was just patient only cash flow. No. 
Okay. Well, we'd have to raise our cost a lot. Yes. I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but you know, the people we serve, you know, a lot of our patients work for small businesses. They work in restaurants. Mm-hmm. They do yard work, landscaping. They they work for small businesses, maybe twelve to maybe at the high end, eighteen, nineteen dollars an hour. Really hard to afford health no. insurance, the copays, the yeah. deductibles when you're in that income level. Twenty dollars an hour doesn't really cut it in the DFW area. Yeah, anymore. you've got rent, you've got yeah. food, you've got all these other costs. Yeah. So people put health last until they need it. And it's kind of like your car. What if you just got in your car and you drove it, drove the wheels off it, never changed the oil, never got the tires right, all of that? How yeah. long would that car last? It tears apart. And it's the same thing with your body. You, you know, it's cheap. You may think it's cheaper, but in the long run, you're going to have a lot more expensive costs down the road with pharmaceuticals and chronic disease and those things. So our goal is to get our patients healthy and keep them healthy. Um, we put a lot of money into disease prevention. So, wow. Lisa, real quick, the doctors the, that work there, that are they from UT Southwest? Are they full-time your employees or they work from other hospitals and they come in and serve you there? What, what's there? So, most of our staff, mm-hmm. our internal medicine doctor, work for Woven. We have an agreement with UT Southwestern. So, we have a gynecologist there one day a week. Mm-hmm. We also partner with them for quality metrics and for the mental health piece. So we have a few volunteer doctors from UT Southwestern that come in for neurology, dermatology. Dermatology is one of the most expensive uh, specialists to go to. So mm-hmm. we do have some volunteer doctors that we see from the, the specialist area. But most of ours work directly. Most of our staff work directly for Woven. Well, we're coming to an end of this particular um, segment. So I think that we really want to come back and talk a little bit about what are the... Um, and I'm going to ask a question here about insurance. Are you thinking about maybe taking insurance from people that could afford it if, if they had it or a payment? Uh, because you can't, I can't see where farmers or Carrollton would be able to finance this clinic all the time without somebody giving something in return. That's me. My head's always working that way. So, but we'll have a, this is a great conversation today. And Lisa, why don't you go ahead and share your website information? Yes. So we're at www.woven. And that's like weaving, but woven, W-O-V-E-N, health.org, wovenhealth.org. Wow. And and your name? Lisa Rigby. So if somebody wants to give you a million dollar check, they can call you, right? That's right. They can call. Actually, they can call either of our clinics. Okay. Phone numbers on there. Our main clinic and Farmer's Branch is 972-484-8444. This is Alexander Friend 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And we are having a very serious conversation today. We're talking about death, mental health, medical clinics, and all this good stuff. So I'm going to come back a little bit. And we, Lisa Rigby is with a Woven Health Woven. Clinic. I thought it was Women's Health Clinic, but it's Woven Health right. Clinic. And you're located in Carrollton in Farmer's Branch. And, I, and this is an experience for me about free clinics. So... When we're talking, are we talking about a, a single pay, a single pay program? Is that what's coming back with the United with the government? Is that what we're talking about? No, no, no. Unfortunately, it's so political. It just both sides drive me crazy. I'll be honest with you. I feel like it. It's hard to solve the problems when we're yelling at each other because cancer and diabetes and all these things they really don't care. They don't care how you vote. They don't care your age or how much money you make. 
but it makes it hard to get change. What I want to do is focus on affordable, quality health care. And that's doable. It's just hard with the system we have today. The whole system is geared to paying doctors for every single little thing they do. I mean, and it's like my patients in a way, because they're uninsured and we get grants, we do best practice medicine. There's nothing. All my doctors are salaried. So there's no incentive, you know, like there's no incentive there to where they've got to see 50 patients in a day to make their money. We do have efficiency as the executive director. I want us to be efficient, but I also want them to have time to spend with the patient that meets their needs. So I love our model. So the insurance, they're moving to insurance and we're looking at that, right? But here's the trick. It's going to increase my cost a minimum 50% to start billing. And so explain why though. Well, because it's a complicated model when you bill. So I have to have more software. Like you have to go and have all the software that you use for the billing. Then you have to have a third party. It's just very complicated. Healthcare should not be complicated. My clinic takes all that complication away. But when you start billing, you have a third party involved. You have more software involved. You have to train your whole staff on the different codes. There are different rules that are out there. Like how many times have you been to the doctor and they're like, well, we can talk to you about that. But if you want to talk about your second thing, you've got to book a second appointment. Right. Oh, wow. So so what what I think is it just incents sometimes the wrong behavior and the, the right way to go, I think, is to pay people. However, that looks like an amount per patient per year to take care of that patient. Right. And then you can really just focus on the overall care Some patients need more, some need less. That's what we do. That's how we get such a low cost. Now, could I be cheaper? Oh, yeah, I could start saying, well, let's eliminate the mental health. Let's eliminate the registered dietitian. Let's, you know, there are ways, but that wouldn't be quality outcomes. You're bringing something that's important to me because when my husband passed away, uh, he's been sick for a long time. I take the invoices from the insurance company and I go line by line by line and I call and what mm-hmm. did you do? And I just saw one blood transfusion and they're charging me for two. So I understand what you're saying on, on this. But my question to you is, if if you have money to have a phone, a television, a car, would you not have a little bit of money so when you go to the clinic, at least pay $50 or something for, for the care because you're getting very good care? Because I have to pay when I go. So for the clinic, would you consider at all getting cash money if they don't have insurance, if they want to pay? Do they do that? Do they, do you, she, so yes. We're looking at sliding scale. Mm-hmm. First of all, let me tell you. But not I, the Carrollton. You said I, the Carrollton, nothing. For for now. that okay. that That's a set amount of time Okay, because of the type of funding. It, it is federal funding that came through, uh, uh, CARES funding. Okay. So it's funding that came so, through. and But there will be other models. And what I'm looking at is sliding scale. First of all, I believe in my heart after watching this type of care Mm -hmm. and watching the outcomes that everybody deserves this type of care. All of us. I like it. And so the question is, then how do you get it to everyone? And that's just so hard. So I need help from people smarter than me (laughs) who can come in and help figure that out. But sliding scale is one of those things we're looking at to where a sliding scale, depending on your income, you could pay. The other thing is I really would look, love to look at small businesses are the ones that really, I think, are impacted the most mm-hmm. by our current system. The costs are so expensive 
trying to provide that for your employees. And what most people need is primary care. You know, you need good primary care. If you are getting good primary care, you can avoid some of these problems down the road. So I'd love to partner with businesses to help kind of share that cost for primary care. That's a good I mean, idea. You know, you could look at maybe you have a membership to a fitness club. Why, Why don't not? you have a membership yeah. to a, a primary care clinic that, by the way, is going to take care of you, not just when you're sick, but when you're healthy to keep you that way. See, that is, I'm, a good I'm, idea. I, love, I like that idea. And you I know, think if you have I'm like very, 50 employees, yes. you pay a little monthly fee and, hey, they can run in here and get checked up regularly and they don't, they don't pay anything. My employees stay healthy and it's a membership, it's great. membership um, business. So, and I think that's a great idea because, you know, I'm, I'm reading here, you've got nine full-time paid employees. Where's the money? Well, you're you're trying to raise the money. You're getting fundraising. So, who are your eleven str- strategic partnerships? What are what does that mean? Well, so UT Southwestern okay. is one of our key partners. Then there's a, a handful of gr- uh, foundations that help fund us. So we get a grant from American Heart, Metrocrest Hospital Authority. Um, the cities give us a little bit of money, but not except for. You know, the one in Carrollton, which Carrollton partnered with us on, Mm -hmm. generally it is a small amount. My goal is really I would like to keep, you know, as the government funding as low as possible because that just can kind of, you know, come and go. I would like to find a way to leverage uh, patients, businesses, because businesses is where it really hits them. You need your employees to be healthy so they Mm -hmm. can come to work. You, You want them, you know, the healthcare costs really hit. Even large companies, you know, the self-insured, it's hitting. Absolutely. Yes. So um, so we do. And donors, individual donors make a very big difference. Uh, we get money from churches. I love the fact I can work with churches. I've, I've uh, actually been promoting like a health program through churches to talk to them about working with their parishioners on keeping themselves healthy. Yeah. You know, so there's just a lot of different partners we have. I've seen a lot of church-backed clinics. That's pretty common, actually. I've inspected a few, so yes, familiar with that. Yes, there are definitely, as a matter of fact, our clinic was started by two Methodist churches. Yeah. So that's that's how we got our start. Awesome. So you're right. Yeah. What do you think of what the future is? Are you planning on opening other clinics around? You have Carrollton, you have Farmer's Ranch. Are you planning on maybe another area in the Dallas area? Well, we definitely would like to expand. So I try to go where there aren't clinics. Like if you look at Dallas, there are a lot of clinics in downtown Dallas. So we've been trying to go more to some of the outer ring suburbs because there are low-income people and low-income people want good schools and safe neighborhoods. And and as we move to offering to businesses a middle class, I think you will see us going where there aren't clinics and healthcare that's available today. My dream would be to have woven healthcare clinics all across the United States. Again, as a nonprofit, you know, there's an incentive for us to give high-quality care. And yet, at the same time, we have to be efficient to keep our costs down. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're really the ideal type of organization to do this kind of, to deliver this type of care. I see you don't treat children. You, they have to be 18 years older or older, correct? You go from 18 years to 64 years. Right. May I ask you, for, oh, because of Medicare? Yes. We have some patients that are over 64 if they're healthy. And they can't, they, they can't get qualified for Medicare. But, you know, once you get Medicare, you do have a lot of options. We're there for people who don't have a lot of options. Okay. Um, would love to have a children's clinic. Those of you that have children, how many times have you had problems with eating, 
uh, worrying, you know, mental health issues start to manifest in childhood. Wouldn't it be great if you could go into your pediatrician and talk to them about mental health issues, what's going on? And so our type of care would be ideal for pediatrics. So that is definitely on our wish list. You don't do wound care either, right? No, we don't do wound care. We don't do wound care. We're not care. an ER. We're not an ER. I mean, urgent care, like if you've got strep, the flu, uh, those type of things. But no, we're not. We're not an ER. Not like a trauma. What about prenatal care? Yeah, we don't right now. That's something we might look at Mm -hmm. because there is a big need for good prenatal care. uh, But that isn't something we currently offer. It's mainly primary care. So chronic disease, uh, prevention of chronic disease, integrated mental health care. Depression, anxiety, stress, grief, some trauma, um, and a little bit of women's health. Mainly, it's like pap smears, cancer screenings, those type of things. Wow. So, um, question, I I see that you have volunteers, too. Tell us a little bit about your volunteer program. Well, we do get, so, a couple ways. We partner with universities, and we get nurse practitioners that come into our clinic, and we'll do clinicals. We also have volunteers for our board. So we are always looking for people that are passionate about healthcare and making a difference in the community. We need good board members. So that's, and then just helping promote the clinic. So now volunteers to come and work in the clinic, but mostly for fundraising and, and uh, getting the, getting the word out to the public. Is that that's, correct? That's right. Because you know, in healthcare, you have to have a lot of certifications, education. There's a lot of regulations. So not just anybody. And we have a lot of patients that speak Spanish, so we try to offer, if we're in certain parts of Carrollton, we want to make sure that we have, you know, if it's Vietnamese or Spanish, English, all the different types of languages available. So sometimes we do have opportunities for people that are bilingual. And how do people know about, are you referred by a doctor or are you referred by somebody or they just know to come to your clinic? How do they, how do they know about your clinic? It's fascinating. Word of mouth seems to be the best marketing tool. We've, we've done paid advertising and other things, but word of mouth, being able to be here and help get the word out is super helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. But it's word of mouth. Uh, it grows, you know, you'd be shocked. Affordable healthcare, quality healthcare, word gets around. Yeah. So my question is, if you have, if they go to the hospital and Parkland lets them and tells them there's a, a clinic that you can go to continue your your process, or you get referrals, how do how do you yes. qualify that person? Yes. That's, that, so we get qualify? referrals from UT Southwestern, Parkland, the Baylor uh, Hospitals, Carrollton Regional Medical Center, mm-hmm. ER. If especially if you come into ER, you know a lot of our patients would try to go to ER for primary care, the most expensive way to do it. So we do get a lot of referrals, and then when they come in, we'll qualify them. Carrollton's a little different than Farmer's Branch, but we do that on the phone, make sure that when they come to their visit, they bring the documentation, and then, boom, we see them. Awesome. So we try to get them in. Well, we're coming to the end of this segment, and we, we really have really done a very good job on talking about all this wonderful death and health and all that good stuff. We really appreciate your coming in. Uh, Lisa Rigby with the Woven uh, Health Clinic. And you are the executive director and you are now, where is your office, Carrollton or Farmer's Branch? I go back and forth. Very good. So I'm, I'm half and half. Well, we thank you so much for being here this evening and we hope that we get to see you again and that we get to come to your clinics and take a look at them. 
<laughs> well, this show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. Please check out our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. You can also go ahead and check out our website. All of our previous loaded podcasts are linked there at Alexander and Friends. This show is brought to you every Saturday night by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And just remind, Roberto Perez will be joining us next week, next Saturday night Thank for you, our sir. show. So awesome. We had a great guest today. We had yes. uh, Lisa Rigby yes. with Woven. Woven. Health. Health. Yes. Clear. She gave me a lot clinic? to think clinic. about. And, yes. and and if you don't remember what she said, this clinic is for everybody. If you don't have money, you don't have insurance, come see them. Men and women. Men and women. And no children. over 18. And she specifically mentioned a lot of industries that I think they have personal experience with, mm-hmm. you know, landscapers and or, um, waiters, maids, waitresses. waiters, servers, yeah, bartenders. It, you guys, it's for everybody. And small companies and, that don't have insurance for their employees. I, it really piqued my interest. The older I get, the more I've started to calm down and think about my own health. But when she said, you know, your physical and your mental health are just as important, they take care of all of that. So that would be well worth going to visit. I wish I knew about her years ago when I was. But you wouldn't have gone. Without it insurance. wouldn't have mattered. No, I'm oh, I thought you were going to say when you were mental. No, well, I'm, I'm still <laughs> mental. That's why I wish I could go now. Well, one of the things that I, I think about this is just that we know we have Parkland Hospital. We have a lot of wonderful uh, medical areas uh, that you can go without insurance or, or not paying. My whole thing for me is how do you feel, you know, do you want to contribute back to that organization? Mm-hmm. If you if you go, um, do you want to ask, can I pay something? For the next person. Or that- how about if you've gone through an experience and you got to the other side, somebody helped walk you through that. Yes. Are you in a position now where you can give back to an organization like this? Yeah. That would be a great paying it forward yep. for you. I like that's, that idea. That's what I. They I, helped I'm, me yeah, get they here. They helped me get here. I'm going to pay them back. Does that make sense to you? Makes 100% what sense. what she said. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and I think that's something that I would love to talk to her about it because that's something in my head now. <laughs> but I would love, I think we need to go and visit and look at the uh, clinic yeah. also because this is a great uh, opportunity for us, especially for Courtney that deals in the insurance world. Yeah. Because I think that's so something this, you need her, to Her place bring is back. about not using insurance. And I guess we heard her <laughs> discuss some of her issues with right. having to use insurance right. if she has to. So, Courtney, but how do you feel about all that? How do you feel about Well, that? I mean, my type of insurance is a little bit different. I don't do health, but, you know, I've been involved in the healthcare system, you know, by adjusting claims and dealing with injury claims and negotiating medical bills and seeing how it is. It's an issue. It's an issue with healthcare in our country. And, I think that a lot of us are intimidated by the process. Um, and I think she explained it well, where she said, now we're moving in a direction where the providers can only talk about one thing or X thing, and they can only bill for that. And if they can't bill for it, they're not they're not going to extend yes. their ear or their expertise in that area. So you have to book getting... another appointment. And I think that's such a disservice. You know, it's just it we can prevent. Right. And we yeah. we can prevent so many things. And you think about just now in the the light of the pandemic and you you look at the people that are struggling the most, maybe if they have an infection via COVID and the type of underlying issues that people are having to overcome when they get COVID, those are, a lot of those are preventable, right? I mean, your weight, your diabetes, your heart issues, things that are really taking a toll on people um, on a day to day. But then you add in something like, you know, a, a COVID infection that just, it puts people down. And it's um, it's something where, why are we not promoting that? Why are we not promoting yeah. lifestyle change lifestyle. versus 
the other thing that's going on. Um, it's, you know. it's like not listening to your parents just to grow up later and go, oh, right. I yeah, wish right. I'd. I'm yeah. telling everyone out there right now that's young and doesn't do this, just go to a family doctor. Just pick one and go to a, go And to don't them. smoke and don't vape don't and don't smoke. do drugs yeah, and don't eat do right. That, but ask them, <laughs> ask them, hey, tell me what you would, what I need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, draw my blood, give me these physicals, run these tests. And tell me, what do I need to do in my life to, to stay healthy? Or better yet, if you're an older person and you're of the mindset of we're going to rub some dirt on it and spray some Windex on it and it's going to be fine, how about having the approach of, hey, if you can have an influence over somebody that's younger and steer them in a direction of, we're going to talk about maybe some stuff going on in our mental health. We're going to talk about our choices of our day-to-day, our alcohol intake and our food and yeah. and having those real conversations. Maybe you can save somebody from having a life that is not going to be of best quality down the road. And and I'll tell you, you know, my mom smoked for 40 some odd years and she quit after she almost died in 2008. But the damage was done, right? You oh, do yeah. 40 years of that to your lungs. She dealt with COPD and her quality of life was awful. And back then they didn't know. I mean, they didn't know the the ramifications that they would face later on in life. And it's just sad to think that that can be prevented. And so when I see somebody with a cigarette or a vape, it's like, oh, you I know. Well, not to not to lighten the load here but i still believe in rubbing dirt in it yeah my grandfather did that my hey husband, you cut my cut my hand he's like oh your hands are dirty he would pour gasoline on my hands and we're not going to recommend that cuts. when i was a little girl my great grandmamas they put I don't mud have any on scars. my uh-huh. because they came from the old country <laughs> right mud was yeah a, mud was a so our producer's kind of going like, I'm just what? over here raising my eyebrows. <laughs> y'all should have grown up out in the country. Well, about? I think, I think concerning Lisa Rigby, I think what the clinic, I think what's happening, we need to, the small businesses need to start maybe a club or what they call mm-hmm. a membership program. I love program. that, that little membership thing. Membership. Yes. I think, what do you think? That would really help producer? small companies. I think companies. that is a wonderful idea. And I think that there are, are individual doctors around the Metroplex and around the country that are already doing that, that are breaking away from the traditional way of paying for things. And they're forming their own little membership clubs where they charge people a certain amount per month or per year. And so they can completely just ditch their insurance and pay the doctor. And the doctor gets discounted rates himself. And that is called concierge health. Well, okay. and that's a, that's, that's similar a to the uh, insurance plan that I just got set up on. It's an indemnity plan. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is, you know, I don't go to the doctor that much, but you want to make sure that you're protected if you are diagnosed with something catastrophic or there is yeah. a significant accident. But I mean, just the regular stuff. I mean, you're paying all this money every single month mm-hmm. and then you go to the doctor and you're still paying money to meet your deductible yes, right. and then you meet your deductible your and then you're still paying money your to pay your co-insurance. That's and ridiculous. And you have to get admitted to the emergency room. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So this particular plan, and if anybody has more questions about this, I can definitely get you hooked up with the, the agent that I've used, but it pays per uh, procedure. So, um, so is it like half Aflac, half it's kind of, it does have an Aflac type component, but uh-huh. I do have another policy for that as well. And those are great policies because there's cheap money. And, you know, my daughter had stress fractures last year. I made like 3K on her stress fractures in her rehab mm-hmm. and, and insurance paid for the bills, you know. Um, so we were able to pocket that money and she was able to use it for, um, you know, kind of a help her along the way type thing with maybe some additional um buying the roller and the pulsator yeah. and getting the creams and stuff like that. We were able to have some money for that. And I was able to put some money in our bank account. I mean, that's that, it, it, that sounds like a really cool approach. And uh, that that's, is. uh, we used 
um, Affleck and insurance for one of my children and ended up paying a total of $300. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have it's Affleck really, too. It's really company. good. And I mean, it's great. And it's something where if you look at the plan, it could be, you can even file a claim for your preventative care that you do your yearly appointment. Um, you break a finger, you sprain an ankle, yeah. all of those things they pay you a dollar amount per x-ray, per doctor mm-hmm. visit, per rehab. And it really works, the it, Affleck Yeah, stuff, it's great. But. And you get a check immediately. Um, and so I think that that's a really good opportunity. So that's what I have. And I don't ever pay a copay until or a deductible until I am admitted to a hospital. But what happens with other types of care, like, say, dentistry? So I didn't add on dentistry because I don't, I mean, we've talked about this briefly, but dental insurance is... It's kind of crappy no matter where you go, right? And um, I had just, under my previous insurance, I had gotten my exam. And I'll just Mm -hmm. pay cash for an exam next time Mm -hmm. um, or add on the dental. But it's got a $1,500 benefit. And then you're out of pocket anyways. I mean, what's the point of paying an extra 50 bucks a month to get Is there any kind of indemnity that covers that kind of stuff? If you have a a mouth injury, yes. Right. Um, But I mean, just your regular, if you need a root canal, things like Mm -hmm. that. But I mean... Think of all the people that have insurance, how much they're paying out of pocket for their root canals anyways, you know? Right. It's it's still a lot of money. So I wonder why they separate dentistry from general medical. medical. Wouldn't um, that be a part of your health? Well, it's not I think, like it really costs. I mean, when you compare the cost that the hospital or the doctor actually bills the insurance for and the cost that the dentist puts on that bill to you, I don't see a huge difference in like yeah. the actual cost. I don't know. It could have something to do with either you're just born with some jacked up teeth and an insurance company doesn't want to absorb the cost of that or people are just really bad with oral maintenance. And Mm -hmm. that can be something that they're using as a contributing factor of why they're not going to pay. Right. But they could have just implemented some sort of uh, benefit to the insured person to maintain. Potentially. But if you are a 40 year old that just got a new job and you you know, have Mississippi teeth. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, let, let's like let's say uh, let's let's say Westminster teeth. Shall, shall we? Yeah, Westminster. <laughs> She's classy. But um, this, don't this smile. This is an exciting day because we've been talking about so many All things that we're talking about dental. So, well, well and Michael wanted to bring up enrollments right now. So it's good. good it's conversation. almost. Is it ending or is it? It's, ended? A, it's almost over. Like it's Friday. Almost over. Four right. days left. What? Oh, oh. So what? Enrollment that you slept well, no, this is what I'm saying. Oh, no, what so do you want? What, I think it's going to be ending. For, I think it for, ends in a few days. Yes. I think Friday. Um, Open enrollment? Uh-huh. Ours ended on the 15th of last month. Oh, yeah. Well, really? I, I, guess it just, I think it depends on, the, on your plan. I think yeah. it's for like the government enrollment. I don't know. Anyway, but anyways. It's insurance era. You okay. had a question, Billy, about yeah. homeowner's insurance, something that was. Oh, no. I you. just had a comment. Oh, let's hear it. I just got under someone's skin with this. I said, hey, why do you guys give it such a high replacement cost and they explained it which I, that made sense i already knew and you know the replacement cost value on the on the insurance thing is well if we have to completely replace your house we got to dispose of the old one you know and clean up the lot i feel like this is a usaa it. type comment or something who was I the just, carrier no it was me and i okay. said but if a storm comes through and wrecks my roof my deductible is based on the replacement cost but you're not replacing the house you're repairing the roof exactly and so that seems a little unfair because really we don't know how to gauge replacement value on a house. We're just throwing an extra hundred thousand on it for the average home, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that always seemed a little unfair to me to pay a higher deductible on a value that you'll never get back out of that insurance company. That's the Does problem. That you pay for something you don't know you're going to get back. But 
I'm but the insurance gal. And That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, it is what it is. Just there's the way also it's always been. Well, there's also a lot of agents out there that will completely undervalue someone's home. And there is a catastrophic loss because they are trying to keep the deductible down for a said roof claim. And then now they're essentially being applied co-insurance because the home wasn't properly valued correctly. And so now the homeowner is coming out of pocket, not only the deductible, but the gap to meet the replacement cost value. And people don't know that. And agents out there will do that. And it's crappy. No. So well, if you no, have, if, well, that's a good our, response. If, that's if, the question I had. If our well, the insurance companies just need to invest in the stock market and yeah. vote for Republicans <laughs> because when you got Republicans in office, the stock market and goes then up. They can just live on their capital gains and quit billing us so much. Well, I think we need to talk to uh, <laughs> our, our our listeners need to call Courtney and oh, yeah. talk to her about anything that has to do with the insurance because she is an expert at it. And, and now she she's an adjuster also. Right, I have yep. a so great referral give, network. Give your phone number out, Courtney. Nine seven two nine two two zero nine zero one. You can also find me at Integrity Personal Insurance. We've got a website. It's also on Facebook, and you can reach me there. Yep, and I've got a great fancy. referral network uh, with all types of insurance professionals. That's right. That's right. Well, let's just bring a little bit of uh, things that have happened this week. One of them is the um, Pearl Harbor, which yes, we honored is it eighty our years? Eighty years. 80 and the years. second is our heart is really for the officer that was killed in Mesquite um, the last couple of days. Uh, His name, last name is Houston, Officer Houston. It was a terrible, terrible situation. And um, I hope the person that did it, uh, which he, I think he shot himself, but didn't kill himself. um, We need to make sure we pray for our our officers, our our first responders. Mm -hmm. So this is Alexander Prince 660, the answer. Um, Mr. Michael Clark, thank you so much for being our great, great producer. You're welcome. And your children, thank you. Courtney? Thank you. You listen to Alexander and Friends. Check us out on our Facebook, (laughs) Alexander and Friends 660. Also our website, alexanderandfriends.com. We hope you have a great night, and thanks so much for listening. Good night, Billy. Good night, everyone. Good night, Billy. Bye. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.